it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And thanks to our malt mates at Cry Malt, I'm Matt Kirkegaard, and that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. Well, this week, working in the beer industry. This week, I speak with Nick Leach, a passionate home brewer, craft beer drinker, trained brewer, and also HR professional. Initially, we talk about his path into the industry. As you'll hear, we can potentially chalk Nick up as one of the people we have talked out of the industry, but not quite. Nick has blended his professional expertise in recruitment with his love of the industry into a side hustle called Brew Stuff, where he finds and attracts brewing staff for breweries. With so many of our listeners looking to enter the industry, or conversely recruiting into the industry, I thought Nick's journey would itself be an interesting one, not to mention the discussion about employment in the brewing industry. It's a little bit different to our regular conversations, but I still hope you'll find it just as interesting as I did. Nick Leach, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. So much uh, that we want to chat about. But uh, you, you actually got in contact uh, in relation to a chat that we had uh, a couple of weeks ago with Chris from East Coast Canning, who talked a little bit about uh, HR. It's been an issue that we've been looking at it at, at Bruce News. But um, more than anything, I'm fascinated about you and your background um, and how somebody that's so passionate about brewing is working in HR. So let's rewind all of that and the, the standard question that we ask people, Tell us a little bit about Nick Leach. Well, um, I guess, you know, if I start from the beginning, uh, from Sydney originally, and I've uh, been working in the recruitment and HR industry for, for quite some time, almost 20 years, makes you feel pretty old. But uh, for a long time, I've had that sort of deep-seated passion, like a lot of your listeners probably do, around, you know, wanting to be in, a, in and around beer and, and working in the industry and, you know, maybe opening that brewery one of these days. So <laughs> You're one of those. I'm one of those guys, yes. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, look, you know, throughout the years, you know, while I was sitting at my desk job behind a computer every day, I was thinking, okay, well, what can I do? And, um, you know, thankfully, I've got a, a very supportive wife, supportive family, and we, um, she granted me um, three months off uh, out of my, my job. And we, we actually went and travelled to the UK and got my brewing qualifications um, with, with Brew Lab over there. And, um, yeah, was, was all set on, on coming back and, and getting a job in the industry and, um, you know, worked a little bit longer and, you know, the timing never really got right for me. Um, timing in one sense. You know, when you've got a, uh, a small family to think of, um, you know, you've got a mortgage to pay and those sorts of things. And, you know, when you're working that corporate life, uh, not necessarily, you know, an easy thing to do to sort of jump away and start from the bottom again and, and work on your sort of entry-level brewer wages. I'm glad you said that. I was going to say, do I, if I read between the lines, do I hear you say that, you know, junior brewer wages are shit. Let's uh, not say shit, but, um, <laughs> you know, like I said, I've got a very understanding family and understanding wife, maybe not that understanding um, at this point, but, um, you know, we, we, it was always the dream and, you know, I was never really sure whether I did start at the bottom somewhere or, or maybe go and start my own thing one of these days. 
Um, but listening to your podcast and, and getting involved in the industry it probably turned me off that a little bit, to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, chalk the, up the another one for the, uh, <laughs> for, for the supportive <laughs> Bruce News podcast. That's it. You've, you've saved me a lot of heartache and, and lost money, I'm sure. Well, uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I, I feel the need to defend myself a little bit when I hear it because <laughs> it is giving a realistic view. We, we, we do hope to give a realistic, there is a little bit of kumbaya, kumbaya about the industry that we, we love. But, you know, it, it always pains me to see people uh, going to the industry just thinking it's all good news. That's right. And, and the job that I do, um, speaking to people, speaking to a lot of aspiring brewers looking to break into the industry, um, they've all got that dream and, and all looking for that foot in the door and they're probably coming in with, with some sort of preconception about what they're going to expect when they walk in the door. And a lot of the time that's just think they're going to be sitting around drinking beers with their mates. Um, but it's, it's, as we all know, it's not like that. But with, with a background in HR, you know, I'm just sort of looking at your LinkedIn profile. That's obviously, you know, that's what you did out of school, went to, to I'm guessing, went to uni to to learn um, HR. Uh, I see you've got the RMIT, Diploma of Management, Business Administration and Management General. I'm presuming before that you had a uh, undergrad degree. Funnily enough, you don't need to go to university to be a recruiter. Ah. You may not believe, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that, you, you know, when you're growing up, um, a lot of people want to be a brewer when they grow up. Um, I, I never really wanted to be a recruiter when I grew up, but it's just <laughs> one of those things that you fall into. Uh, how how <laughs> in did you fall days. into it? Oh, I think, you know, I had a, a pretty strong customer service background. Uh, I've worked in sort of telesales and things for a little while. And, um, you know, when you work in agency recruitment, which is long behind me now, I'll defend myself there. When you work in agency recruitment, it, it's it's more sales than, I guess, dealing than, um, I guess, than HR, I should say. Yep. Um, you're selling people into businesses and into organisations, and you know that didn't really sit entirely well with me. But um, yeah, definitely enjoyed more the people people side and the relationship building side of things, which is sort of why I did go into that internal recruitment space after a little while. And and, and you've worked for the Star Entertainment Group. You've worked for the International Convention Centre Sydney. But then suddenly we see. Uh, Sales account manager, stroke malt slinger for Barrett Burston Malt. It was a bit of a left field, wasn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> like I say, I was always really keen to get into the industry, and um, we we sort of made the move from from Sydney to to, to sunny Brisbane um, with the family, and uh, you know wanted to move out of our tiny little unit into a, a somewhat larger size uh, house. Um, up here in Queensland, and we've been loving the the move. But don't go telling knew... everyone that the price is enough <laughs> pressure on prices as it is. I oh, know. Tell me about it. But yeah, you know, when I came up, I knew I didn't want to just jump straight into you know another HR job straight away. I wanted to sort of dip the toe in the water, and you know, what better opportunity to sort of start afresh than you know when you're moving interstate and and sort of having a bit of a fresh start anyway. So. Um, started to put the feelers out there at a number of the local breweries, and, and had a few interviews here and there, and. Um, yeah, look, it didn't really necessarily work out, but around the same sort of time, um, I uh, managed to, to get in contact with uh, the team at, at Cryer and, um, you know, Steph and Tom and, and all the team over there who I know you're very well acquainted with. Um, supporter of the show for how long? <laughs> I was going to say, I should stress that you weren't with them that long and you're not with them now. This is not an addict. <laughs> but it just happened that you, know, you work for Cry, who are good supporters of the show. That's right. Yeah, and, and you know, made some really good contacts in the industry and um, absolutely fantastic job being a, a malt sales rep and getting to travel the country, visiting breweries and meeting brewers all day, every day. It's, it's not a bad gig. 
Um, but with a young family and all that travel sort of took its toll after a little while. So it was time to sort of take a step back and um, always sort of knew that I wanted to get back into the industry somehow. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that they say sort of the perfect job is when you pull, uh, you know, something that you're good at with something that you enjoy doing. Um, there's something you can make money out of. So sort of those three sort of things intersected recently and that's why I started up um, a brew staff recently. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about brew staff because it sounds like you've done what a lot of brewers do, you know, kept the day job, looked at a way that you can ease into the industry that you want to be in and done it fairly harmoniously. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it, it's um, I am still employed. I do have a day job. I'm... Uh, working in the, the corporate space at the moment as a manager of, uh, of talent acquisition or, or recruitment, if you want to call it that. Um, and look, it's all about board. They know what I'm doing on the side as well. This started off as a little bit of a side hustle. And uh, look, I'll be honest, what started off as a little side hustle that I thought might spend a couple of hours here and there during the week, it's um, certainly already taken off um, much, much faster than I would have expected just due to the high demand in the industry to find good experienced talent. Um, which I'm sure your listeners would, would probably be, be familiar with, and, and certainly after the chat with Chris the other day. Yeah, and, well, and, and look, we'll, we'll come to all of that, but I'm, I'm fascinated because one of the things that I hear, like I get a lot of, um, we post job ads on Brewers News, obviously, um, but then I also get a lot of brewers, you know, there's that sensitivity around the brewer that wants his next, his or her um, next challenge, or, you know, people that work in the industry that are looking for the next challenge, don't necessarily want to be scattergunning their resume around and letting everybody know that they're looking. You know, so I often get phone calls from people in the brewing industry going, oh, look, you know, I'm thinking, um, you know, I, I might look at somewhere else. Do you know anywhere that's looking for a job? Um, and, you know, sometimes I've become a bit of a dating service for brewers and, <laughs> and, and breweries, but it sounds like, you know, when you look at the Brewstaff website, You've, you've got a slot for candidates. So do you do the same sort of thing? Should I just be giving them your number instead from now on? Look, send them my way, Matt. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think um, there, there's certainly a number of different models that I guess rec- recruitment, external recruitment partners can have. And, you know, through working in the industry for a little while, I've certainly realised that, um, you know, having that sort of scattergun sales approach isn't really the right approach to have. It's more about being that partner, knowing people in the industry and, and really supporting them through to make that next move. Um, yeah, we, we talk about sort of the, when, when people are a bit nervous about, uh, you know, speaking or, or scattergunning their, their resumes across to different places. You know, it's a pretty small industry. People talk mm. and they want to be fairly certain around the opportunity before they go and, and, and put their name forward. And, and that's sort of where I like to come in is sort of be that, that conduit between you know, not necessarily the, the brand and, and the brewery itself, but more around the opportunity and, um, you know, what's a good match for that particular person as opposed to, you know, selling a person into a business. It's more about, you know, being that matchmaker, as you say, um, as opposed to the sales side, for sure. I, I'm actually surprised that nobody's done this before because, as I say, look, I, I get a lot of calls um, from people to the, to the extent that, you know, if we had more resources, if, if I think if we were a bigger enterprise, we would have looked at a way that we could do that um and the, actually the other one is finance so do you know anyone that wants to finance a brewery or do you know anyone that's looking um you know and, and, and the fine i've just given away another brilliant business idea there you there go, you go. um <laughs> but yeah no it's uh it, it, I, I find it interesting so 
obviously you've kept a day job, the, 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 the wife and family are sort of happy, they're fed, the mortgage is in place, <laughs> but then, you know, you, you, you've got this side hustle, the way a lot of breweries and a lot of other businesses are, are starting the same way. Um, talk us through that. Yeah, well, um, like I said, it always started off um, planning to be quite small, you know, a couple of hours here and there during the week and, um, you know, looking to connect people that I, I know through the industry with, with good opportunities. Um, but like I say, um, since um, since starting up, there's certainly been a lot of demand across the industry. Um, you know, I, I'm finding that, you know, if, if you think about, you know, the history of, of how businesses recruited people, you sort of think about, you know, in the early days, it was, you know, putting a sign up in the shop window saying help wanted and you, you'd just hope that someone would walk through the door looking for a job. Um, so the next phase of that was the job board. And you can think about seek.com, which is pretty much the standard, or, and, of course, the job section on Bruce News, of course, Matt. Oh, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was sort of the next phase is you sort of – you're paying your 250 or 300 bucks to chuck an ad up on Seek and – it's sort Three, of the equivalent of having a subscriber to Bruce News, just putting it out that's there. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're sort of just hoping that the, the right candidate or the perfect candidate for that role that you're trying to recruit just happens to be walking past or just happens to be on the Seek website that particular day or week because, you know, let's be honest, after a week or so, you're on page 14 or 15 and no one ever sees it. Um, and, you know, in the corporate world, which is what I'm used to, you know, the, the recruitment and talent acquisition functions have really started to evolve and, and become more proactive and, and build those talent pools and build those networks. And it's all about who you know and who you've got on the bench ready to, to step up next time there's an opportunity. Um, and and I've, I've, what I found is, I guess, that the brewing industry is probably stuck in that phase two um, where our strategy is we'll, we'll put an ad up and, and let's just hope that the perfect candidate happens to come along and, um, I think that's why so many places are struggling at the moment to find good talent, which is where I come in, hopefully. <laughs> but there's also a huge skill shortage for brewers anywhere. Um, and as we identified right at the very start of this, the pay isn't very good compared to you know other industries. No, that, that's right. Um, you know, I think uh, Seek, I know I keep coming back to Seek, but they're obviously the main sort of mm. job board provider in Australia. Um, they, they recently re- released some stats saying that I think it was in, in March there was the, um, the the highest number of adverts um, since their inception, essentially, which is sort of 20, 25 years or so. Um, so there was more ads posted during March than ever before. Um, and the number of applications per job ad, so basically the amount of applications you're getting for your 350 bucks on Seek, is the lowest it's ever been um, for the last sort of 10 years or so. So it's really become one of the tightest markets. And this isn't just in the brewing industry. This is across the whole um, Australian market. Um, you know, obviously it's due to COVID. People are probably feeling a little bit more secure now in their roles and wanting to sort of stick it out a little bit until we, we see what happens in the world. Um, obviously borders are closed now, so um, we're not getting any external talent into the country. Um, some talent have gone back home as well. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a tightening um, candidate market, like I say, not just in the brewing industry, but but definitely um, across the, the, the this industry um, specifically. Is it a problem in the brewing industry? Because I, again, I, I don't know. Like we don't necessarily follow up to find out how people have done with the ads. The, the, the feedback that we get is that, you know, without blowing our own trumpet, is that we do get <laughs> a very high response from Bruce News ads. 
but we don't then follow up to find, you know, we've never done any study to find out how quickly, but I just get a feeling from people who ask us to take ads down well before they've run that, you know, brewing jobs particularly um, seem to generate quite a little, quite a bit of attention, particularly in the um, more desirable um, metropolitan locations. In some of the country um, or regional venues have a bit more of a challenge. Is, is that your feeling? Yeah, and I think that's just natural for where the talent is, is based. So in the major city centres where a, a lot of the, the, the smaller craft breweries are based, um, that's where all the talent is, and, and there is a bit of internal movement around there. It is once you start getting to some of the more regional centres that you, you maybe have to think about other strategies to try and attract people there because um, they're maybe not searching in, in that search function. Uh, they may be looking in their own local area. Um and, and when you have to think about maybe uprooting your family or, or your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever it may be to, to move to a regional area to be a senior brewer or a head brewer or a shift brewer or a distiller or whatever it may be, there's a lot more considerations to make. It's not like you can just, you know, go from one brewery to another one that's, you know, two clicks down the road. So it's a lot harder to find the right sort of talent. Um, and you go back to, you know, how successful that they've been. I'm not you know, in this, you know, to, to make lots of money and retire early. It, it's not about that. It's about helping the, the businesses to find the, the right talent. Um, and I'd always suggest, first port of call, absolutely throw an ad up on Seek, advertise on Bruce News, because if you can do that yourself um, and, and find the right talent yourself, then absolutely go for it. You know, I'm here to help provide those other strategies to, um, and there are lots of other strategies out there aside from advertising to mm. try and identify who the right talent is and how can we attract them to your business um, proactively rather than just hoping that they happen to stumble across our advert. One of the things that I'm hearing in hospitality, I'm, I'm looking at the survey that you you referenced. Um, I'm just uh, national seek job ad percentage change. Hospitality and tourism, um, if I'm reading this right, is leading the way with 34.8% in terms of unfilled or March uh, versus... It might be, an, is that an in, increase in increase, job, sorry, ad job activities ads. maybe? Yeah, hospitality yeah. and tourism. Um, March versus uh, February 2021, there's been a 30, almost 35% increase. And I hear that it's yeah. incredibly hard to get anybody into, you know, chefs, waiters, um, you know, those sorts of uh, roles um, is, is very, very tough at the moment. Yeah, and I, I think there's probably a few factors with that, Um you know, I think for a long time our hospitality industry has really been been perked up by overseas talent. So, you know, overseas students that are coming here, going to university and working part-time in, in the hospitality venues. Um, same with chefs as well. As you mentioned before, I worked in sort of hospitality and entertainment and events industry um, on the HR side of things for a number of years. And, um, you know, if you think about a lot of our casual roles that we would be recruiting in those days, um, a very high percentage of those, both front of house and back of house, were overseas um, or from overseas, mm. um, as, I guess, the sponsored visas or or students that were, were currently in from whether that be South America or Asia or Europe um, coming to Australia to study and, and working in hospitality on the side. So I think now that um, the, the, the the borders are starting to open up and venues are starting to open and a bit more freedoms and a bit more certainty around, that you know, are we staying open, um, that there's just such a grab for the, the very small talent pool. Um, it just makes it very hard and very competitive for those organisations trying to find good people. One of the accusations I've heard is that um, the job seeker supplement that was paid during COVID, you know, encouraged 
you know made it less attractive to work in some of these is is that is there any truth do you think to that um yeah i mean i'd surely be speculating but you know, obviously, I speak to a lot of people in, in the HR and recruitment industry across many different sectors, and we all found the same issue during the COVID period. That you know, we're looking for roles that are maybe paying from you know the, the twenty-five to thirty dollars an hour mark. Um, that's pretty close to what people were getting on the JobKeeper or the JobSeeker allowance when it was at its highest. Um, so yeah, there was certainly an a disincentive for people to go back to work when they were getting paid the JobKeeper allowance and, you know, when effectively they can get paid the same amount of money to, to stay at home or go to the beach or whatever they were doing. And obviously that's a very broad generalisation. I don't want to be accused of anything here, but, you know, I, I would certainly suggest that that played a contributing factor into um, the struggles to hire at that sort of level overall for sure. Is there any data that you're aware of that the shortage at the moment will lead to higher wages? Um, I'd like to think so. It would make my job a hell of a lot easier if places started <laughs> paying a bit more, if we can track people in there. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, if you think about the brewing industry specifically, you know, there's certainly a lot of disparity around, you know, what's an experienced brewer get paid? Well, I guess if we start at every single level, you know, an entry-level brewer here versus there. Um, state versus state, city versus city, um, even regional areas, or even within the same city, um, the disparity between what different breweries are paying, and obviously there's different factors as to, to that, and what what breweries can afford to pay, um, and how much value they put on on different positions within the organisation. But um, yeah, look, I, I think, and I don't know whether there has been any studies made around, um, and maybe it's something that the, the IBA can maybe support us with, um, is a bit of a salary survey around the industry to understand, you know, what is the median salary? I've got a lot of anecdotal data to, to back it up. Um, but there's, you know, there's certainly some, some work to do there um, around making the industry, yes, um, attractive from a, a lifestyle perspective, but also on, on the salary side of things and the remuneration. Because, you know, whilst people don't necessarily enter the industry for for the money um it, it's certainly a contributing factor to whether people i guess stay in the industry whether they're attracted to to, to move on and take on other challenges within the industry or, or whether they're going to stay put where they are so. and it really relies on people maintaining their passion I, i've actually described it critically of you know it's an industry that mines people's passion on occasion yeah definitely um you know, as I said very early on, you know, I speak to a lot of people who have a, a certain preconception around uh, what the job's going to be like and what they're going to be doing. And, you know, it's all going to be a laugh and, you know, hang, hang around the, the brewery all day, every day, having a good time, which, you know, yes, that, that's part of the role, and but it's, it's certainly not all that's involved. And, you know, like I say, I haven't necessarily worked in a lot of breweries. I've I've uh, been a floor sweeper and an observer and a you know keg cleaner every now and again, but um, you know not actually been a brewer. But I've seen how hard they work and the long days. And you know when you're doing a, a double brew back to back, you need to get the, the volumes out for, for the busy summer period ahead. You know it's some pretty long days and, and hard yakker. And um, I think you know that some people wanting to enter the industry maybe don't don't understand that. And, and just like you say, maybe it's a bit of a culture shock when they get their foot in the door and. You know, that, that's not maybe what the the, uh, the dream had lived up to. I'm going to jump ahead uh, <laughs> to pick up on that question, but I'm just going to jump ahead and ask, do you still harbour desires to be a brewer yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah, look, don't get me wrong, that wasn't the only factor as to why I didn't. You know, that, that opportunity with Cryomalt came along at the, at the time and um, I was really excited and I really enjoyed that role. But, yeah, I certainly still harbour that desire. Um, you know, my, uh, my qualifications aren't completely wasted. I think my homebrew is still pretty good. 
but um, one of these days um, you might find me in a brewery uh, later on uh, down the track for sure. <laughs> so long as you're young enough that your body can still handle the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the hard work or speak to uh, Richard Watkins who uh, maintains he's the oldest uh, still working craft brewer. <laughs> Well, I can make it uh, as long as he has, then absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. Um, a lot of one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you, rather than the general industry stuff, um, was some of the specific uh, things because there are a lot of of our listeners that, if they're not already in breweries, and we will talk about that as well, but there are a lot of our listeners who are in the ranks of what I call the prosumer listener. You know, they they're consumers at the moment but they're professional consumers and they harbour dreams to open a brewery, they harbour dreams to work in sales or you know, move into the industry or um, brew um, for, for breweries. As a recruitment consultant, um, if I'm a passionate person in another industry looking at getting into the, 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 the brewing industry – what is your advice to me? You know, what should I be doing if I wanted to become a brewer, for example? Well, there's certainly a lot of – and I, I wouldn't profess to be an absolute expert in this space. You know, I, I thought I was going down that path myself and it didn't necessarily um, work out as a, how I had planned. But things come up and things change. But, you know, I, I think um, first and foremost, you, you need the education behind you. Um, you know, there's so many people looking to break into the industry so many looking people looking to get their foot in the door and and yes you can hang around your local brewery and, and hope that one day you know they tap you on the shoulder and say hey do you want a job um that happens and it, it probably happens more than we might think but you know you want to be proactive you want to take matters into your own hands get your education there's obviously the um the different TAFE um providers locally here in australia that are that are running these courses now that aren't too aren't too expensive um I myself, I went overseas to do mine, took um, some time out and, and studied abroad um, in, in the UK and then there's um, through BrewLab and there was there's courses in the US, and of course, as well, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with. Um, but but take it upon yourself, go and get that, that training, get that behind you. And that's just one extra step that helps you get that foot in the door. If you think about, you know, a brewery that might be looking for a junior brewer to come and, jo- and join the ranks, you're going to get plenty of applications, but if you can find a way to step out ahead of that crowd and, and, and be the, the, the top of that pile because of your qualifications, because um, you, you've taken it upon yourself and you've shown that you're passionate and, and that you're prepared to to do the hard work to get there and not just hope for something to open up, um, I think that's definitely going to put you in good stead of, ahead of other people. Um, do your research, pick a brand that you really want to work for um, and Look, it doesn't hurt to hang around the brewery and get to know the, the, the team there for sure as well. That certainly doesn't hurt. But um, my, my biggest piece of advice was would be to, um, you know, like I say, get, get your qualifications, get something behind you and do something to st- stand, um, I guess, ahead of the crowd um, next time that that brewery is recruiting. Should I be willing to work for free, um, you know, for a, an initial period? See, yeah, again, it's a, it's a tough one because – you know, I myself, I did it. I helped out on bottling lines and, and packaging lines and sweeping floors and cleaning kegs for free um, a few years ago. And um, but it, you know, if I think about it from an HR perspective, the answer is is no, you shouldn't. Um, and this is probably more aimed at the, the breweries themselves, as opposed to the the aspiring brewer. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone was to trip over a hose or burn themselves on hot works or whatever it may be and, and they're unpaid and you've got them in there working you're, you're going to get yourself to a, into a hell of a lot of trouble 
Um, and they are dangerous workplace environments. They don't, don't, you know, absolutely. They do have inherent risks, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the, the most dangerous ones around. You know, that there's, if you think about all the things, and look, plenty of your other people you've spoken with on, on this platform have have told you about all the, all the different um, challenges and, and, and dangers in the in the, uh, in the the around the brewery. Um, and so, yeah, if you, would you really want to entrust someone with little to no experience to be, you know, hanging around there and, Look, you know, 99 times over 100, you'll be perfectly fine. But it just take one takes one person to fall over and break their ankle or burn themselves and end up in hospital and do you know, quite a bit of trouble there. Um, but I, I can understand the temptation for people wanting to get their foot in the door. It's like, sure, I'll come and help you out on a bottling day. Um, but that's something that I, I'm sort of looking to do as well. It, it's hopefully sort of help break down those doors as well. Um, for, for people that are looking to break the industry, break into the industry, you know, if I can do my bit to um, help and you know, completely free of charge, not looking to make any money out of it, it's just more um, helping people break into the industry. Um, as time goes on, it, it's better for all of us because there'll be more experienced brewers in the industry to, to go around, um, which makes my job as a brewery recruiter a hell of a lot easier, that's for sure. Mm. But again, because I've just been through a recruitment process for a, um, you know, a junior journalist role, and which is another industry where you get a lot of people who are very keen and enthusiastic. And I was astounded at how many applicants had done internship after intern, you know, unpaid, um, presumably. And it, it it actually sickened me a little bit um, at how many businesses are willing to, you know take the enthusiasm um and i just i really don't believe that if you're not paying somebody you're really investing in them the way that the transaction balance is meant to work you know the 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 idea is they work for you for free and they get something out of it and i find it very hard to believe that you're going to invest your time um, and attentions in an unpaid staff member um i I don't know the brewing floor well enough um to, to know whether it's going to be more than just lugging bags of malt um, and you, you, you're a unpaid mule as opposed to someone who's actually learning. And, and that's really the thing. And, and once again, it's not necessarily unique to the brewing industry. It's across all industries. You know, there's, um, and I'm doing inverted commas here, there's, there's free internships that are, you know, above board and they run mm. through the university or the education providers where, you know, there's clear learning outcomes for the individuals and um, there's some structure around what they're actually going to be learning while they're on site. Perfectly fine. But when it's a, free internship, again, in inverted commas, where um, it's basically just a, a pair of free hands around the brewery because you're really busy, you just need someone to help you out and you don't want to pay anyone for it, <laughs> then then that, that's a different story and that's actually illegal. So um, uh, you, you shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, even paying them in beer is a bit bit dodgy. But uh, like I say, uh, there's plenty of people out there that be, want, be wanting to do it to get that foot in the door, but... Yeah, my advice is to to stay well away well away from that and, and make sure everything's above board. Which again, like that's the thing. Like uh, and you know, so much of what I did when I got started as a beer writer because you know no one's going to actually pay you to write about beer. It's too much of a dream yeah. job. Um, you do do a lot of things for free or for profile, and you know I think we we all relate to that. But uh, yeah, I was just sort of wondering whether you know there, there was advice uh, around that but it sounds like uh, it's a little bit both ways but let, let's talk about employers there are some breweries that uh, seem to turn over staff more often than others um, you know are there can you identify any patterns without calling anybody individually out um, that lead to 
you know, greater dissatisfaction in, in, in the workplace, in the brewing industry than others? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the, the key factors for, for anybody um, working in any workplace um, is generally the, the flexibility and the work-life balance and the, the, the training and support that you get while you're at work, um, the safety side, and, of course, the, the salary and the remuneration side of things. You know, the workplaces that do really well to hold on to their staff, they, they tick all those boxes and they do those th- those things really, really well. Um, the ones that, that tend to, to shed stuff a little bit more are, are probably lacking in at least one and, and likely more of those areas. You know, if we think about, you know, some things we've spoken about, how, I guess, how challenging it is to find experienced brewers in, in the market, um, and, and I'm, I'm talking brewers here, but it could be distillers, it could be packaging managers, it could be anybody in the industry. To find good experienced people, um, it, it's challenging. And I guess as an employer, if you want to hold on to your to your good staff that you don't want to lose, you've got to provide an environment for them that I guess that they're not open to temptation if they get tapped on the shoulder to go and work somewhere else. Or if they, they see the ad on Brews News for a new brewer that's 5Ks down the road for, you know, an extra five or 10 grand a year um, for a step up into a head brewer role, um, you know, you need to be able to look after your staff and, and I guess take away that temptation or that carrot for them to go and start looking elsewhere. But it's naive to think that, you know, you're going to be able to hold on to all your staff forever. Um, people are always looking for, you know, the grass that's always greener somewhere else. Um, and whether that be for the next big opportunity to step up into a head brewer role or work on a, a, an exciting new brand that's breaking out into a startup or, or, or helping to, to build and commission a new brewery or even if it is just to go down the road for another 10 grand a year, um, you know, people have different motivations for changing jobs. Um, but yeah, if you can tick a lot of those boxes and, and make sure that you've got a safe environment for them, you pay them well, you have a good work-life balance, a good culture. These are the sorts of things that help people to stick around. Mm. And I, I guess there are just some structural things in, particularly in the craft end of the industry where, you know, it, it, it takes the same number of staff to make just, and I'll, I'll probably get emails about this, you know, um, so it's not strictly accurate, but, you know, it takes the same number of brewers or brewing staff to make 100,000 litres as it does to make 200,000 litres from a kit that um, is that size. And I guess the costs that you can um, amortise across 200,000 litres allows you to pay, you know, that same number of brewing staff a little bit more um, without putting up the price of your beer. Um but you know, as we constantly hear, brewing, craft brewing is inefficient, and uh, you know, it the more manual it is the smaller you are, the harder it is to pay, you know, top wages for for your brewing staff. And I guess they're the ones who are always going to have bigger, um, more you know, uh, wealthy breweries um, offering better packages. Yeah, and I think we all know that you know, obviously, the brewing industry, it's um, you know, a high volume, low margin. And um, yeah, you, you're right. Whilst, you know, it may not be a huge difference between brewing without 100,000 litres versus 200,000 litres. Um, I guess the truth is it doesn't brew itself. You know, you, you, whilst, you know, your staff aren't necessarily working doubly as hard to brew doubly the, the volume, it's sort of like a bell curve that they're obviously working harder, that they might, must be doing longer hours or, or whatever it may be. Um, so you've got to make sure you look after them. And uh, you know, certainly not to say that, that a lot of breweries don't do, because I think a lot of breweries do really, really well in this space, um, looking after their teams and, and providing um, really good environments for them. Um, 
but yeah, if if you know you mentioned before, if you are one of those breweries that does seem to shed stuff more than you would like, is maybe have a look at a couple of those things and and um, and see what you maybe you, you can address or what you can afford to address. Um, obviously, things like safety and things you, you you've got to regardless of cost. Um, but some of the other things, if you can um, uh, sort of lift your game on some of those other spaces, you might find that you're holding onto your staff a little bit more. So talk us through the process. I'm, I'm just looking at the the, the, the Bruce. Sorry, we, we've gone down a whole lot of stuff that I hadn't been. I was <laughs> wanting to talk a little bit more about uh, you and your and your background, but we've gotten uh, into the weeds of Bruce stuff. But we don't need to talk about me. That's okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, except that's what it, it's a conversation about you. Unfortunately, oh, that is true. That is true. But talk me through. So <laughs> as I'm on the site, um, yeah, there's a lead brewer, um, regional Victoria, 90 minutes from Melbourne. When you click on it expecting to get the job um, details. Um, it's actually a, an email link that's uh, wanting to me to email. So it, it's a little bit, it, it is very different to the ads that are on Brews News, for example, where you read the job, you get a sense for the personality of the business from the way that they phrase the ad and all of those sorts of things. And then you send your resume in. This is actually contacting you to even find out more about the job. Um Talk, talk me through the, the thinking there. Yeah, look, I guess maybe I'll have full disclosure here. My website is pretty awful. Um, <laughs> I built, built it myself. Uh, and uh, But there, there is some stuff happening in the background of the works at the moment to, to get all that sort of stuff sorted out. As I said, this is a side hustle. Um, it certainly is not the, the schmick operation that maybe I would have liked um, uh, to, to happen. But, uh, yeah, look, um, in terms of the actual job ads, it's a little bit different um, in terms of, you know, having a, an external recruitment partner in that, um, and I'm not talking about that one specifically, but, you know, I've, I've got a number of um, breweries and distilleries that I'm working with at the moment who maybe don't necessarily want the industry to know that they're recruiting right now. Um, maybe they've got expansion plans, maybe they look to start something for themselves and maybe they're looking to do a little bit of a side hustle. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things happening that, um, like I say, maybe um, we, we don't really want to be advertising and making making it very clear as to who the employer is. See, that's where you're wrong. We actually, we at Brews News do want them because it <laughs> makes sure that because there, it, like, there's a, a real gossip element. Um, you know, you know, we call the the job ads the gossip column. Um, it's very legitimate, but everyone looks at the job ads to see, oh, they're, you know, they're putting on a sales rep in Victoria, they're expanding, um, or, you know, oh, gee, they, they need a brewer. I wonder if they're getting bigger or are they have, have they lost, you know, their, their current brewer. We actually right. want that information because it's, <laughs> it is news to us. It's, it's not just a job ad. Yeah, that's right. Well, that, that's sort of uh, why I'm in business, essentially. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> to put us out of ours. <laughs> No, and look, there's always a place for that. And, um, you know, there are circumstances where, you know, very openly um, I'm partnering with breweries to, to do this or do that. Um, but, um, yeah, there's certainly instances as well where maybe we want to be a little bit more confidential in terms of how the searches sure. that we're going. So maybe a bit more aloof, you know, I guess in our, our recruitment strategies. But, um, but yeah, look, in the ideal world, we probably have a little bit more information on that website to give people a bit more of a picture as to um, – what the role is, um, but uh, you know, at least if it's starting to drum up a little bit of interest and people contact me, then you know we can have that conversation. We can identify, you know, is this role right? Is it not? If not, what else is out there, and what what else is um, possibly that they're looking for that I can help with? So, 
Yeah, um, definitely take your point on my terrible website there, Matt. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry, it wasn't. Sorry, <laughs> I, 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 I um, had no uh, God with with Bruce News. We certainly wouldn't uh, criticise anybody else's um, website, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it was more picking up on that thing that sounds like it might have just been a um, something that you haven't done. I, I, I thought that might have actually been a proactive strategy to um, you know engage with the applicant more directly rather than uh, just passively field um, CVs. And that's and that's the thing, you know. If the model was just to put up an ad and once again hope that the perfect candidate happens to apply, Not then that there's anything wrong with that. We've established. No, no, I was going to say that, <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm just saying that you know, breweries wouldn't need me then yeah. if if that was the model, um, and that certainly has a place in the recruitment process. And, and like I said earlier, that that would be my recommendation to everyone: put an ad up. If you can fill the job for free by putting it on Bruce News or 300 bucks by putting it on Seek or any other channel that you so wish, then happy days. It's cheaper than using an external recruitment partner, that's for sure. Um, it's just more um, when it's a bit outside of that, maybe when your advertising has failed or there needs to think of some other sort of proactive strategies in terms of identifying the right person. Um, and same for the candidates as well. They don't want necessarily want their name out there that they're applying for all these jobs all over the place, but they can have a chat with me and we can try and find a good match for them um, either now or in the near future or in six months or 12 months when that perfect opportunity comes up for them. Well, actually, we recently had a situation where a distillery that contacted us, they wanted to advertise, but they didn't want to put their name on it. Just for, as you said, at the stage of the business development that they were, they wanted to advertise, but they didn't want to declare um, into the marketplace. And yeah. you know that when it's an anonymous advertiser, um, you don't get the same level of interest you do for here is our name, here is our reputation. Um, and it, it was something that we had to, to, to struggle to do um, because we knew that we weren't giving them a, a, a great outcome if it was anonymous. Um, and so we ended up you know, saying something like, you know, we verify the, you know, we've looked into this business, we sort of know what it is, hoping that that would flush out a few more. But that sounds like, I should have just passed them on to you. <laughs> well, like you say, there's a, there's a place for all different parts, I guess, in the recruitment strategy. And, you know, hopefully I can play a part in that process in some way, shape or form, um, even if I don't make any money out of it. You know, I, I'm here. I want to try and do the right thing by the industry. It's a great industry where people help each other. And um, if I can connect someone, you know, like I say, that sort of matchmaking service, essentially, if I can match someone to their perfect dream role stepping up to be a head brewer opening their own brewery um you know commissioning a you know a 50 head brew house for for an employer or something like that something that they wouldn't have normally got the opportunity to do um then you know that makes me a happy man if i can make some money along the way then happy then happy days but uh you know that that's all part of it how have breweries responded uh to to, to this because again as you said there is a bit of a paradigm they just push the ad out um, somebody there received because I, I wouldn't imagine that a lot of breweries would have a HR department because they're so small no. and somebody there is tasked with weeding out the applicants. How, how have they responded to, to this sort of service? Yeah, well, it's been a bit of a mix. Um, you know, there's, there's breweries out there that say, you know what, look, we're just going to manage ourselves, which is perfectly fine. There's, there's um, other uh, breweries out there that, you know, that they're so busy and they don't have time to even think about this they just want to outsource it then that's great too um there's other breweries that um 
begrudgingly engage with me because they're really in a bind and they're really stuck and they just haven't been able to find anyone despite advertising three or four times. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's horses for courses, people um, engage with, with us for different reasons and it, it's not a service for everyone. You know, it's the same in the corporate world. If you know, you're working in banking and finance or in IT and technology, you know, of course you're going to try and find the people yourself first. But, you know, if that fails and you need to be a bit more proactive then that's sort of where someone like me comes in. Cool. And obviously, you're you're based in Brisbane. We should have uh, done this chat over a beer. Um, but you, you can consult uh, nationally, looking at, at at the ads that you've you've got ads from all over the the, the country. Yeah, yeah. So I, I work nationally. Um, obviously, with borders open now, I can travel down and and, and meet up with people. Um, you know, a, a lot of the the proactive stuff that I do around um, whether that whatever you want to call it, tapping people on the shoulder, a bit of headhunting or a bit of a nudge here and there through people that I know through the industry. Um, that can all obviously be done remotely. We've got Zoom and things these days. So, um, yeah, a lot of the work that we do is, is done remotely. Um, you know, employers outside of the brewing industry that I've, I've worked for, you know, have recruited nationally and internationally previously. Um, so, yeah, it's the sort of thing these days. If you've got a computer and a phone, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can uh, you can do some proactive recruitment. Excellent. Well, this has ended up becoming a, uh, a conversation about recruitment, but I, I have no doubt that our, both, as I said, our prosumer and our professional um, audience will have found uh, a lot of interest. So clearly I'll um, put a link to Brewstaff in the show notes. Actually, before we wind up, how come more traditional um, you know, recruitment agencies with you know, full service, for want of a better term, haven't looked to become specialists in in the brewing industry is it really something that as a person with a passion for beer and a desire to be in the industry at some level that you've seen the opportunity that's probably too small for a much bigger firm to 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 really target this niche yeah I mean, it could be a few different things I, I was surprised that no one else had really dipped their toe into this space before and uh, i'm sure there are other recruitment agencies out there that that have recruited into this space and potentially probably for the bigger brewers that in that space as well. Mm. Um, but in that real sort of niche of the craft market, as far as I'm aware, no one else has really dipped their toe in, which really surprises me. I, I think probably because uh, some of the factors we've spoken about before in terms of, um, you know, breweries not necessarily having a lot of, um, you know, spare cash lying around um, to, to pay for external support in this space. Um, it also comes down to a lot of the networks side of things as well. Um, it's, we, we know what the industry is like, how everyone knows everyone. And, um, you know, for a, a person who maybe doesn't, doesn't have the passion or the, or the, the industry knowledge to sort of, you know, try and shoehorn your way in, it's maybe a bit, a bit, bit of a challenge, but yeah, look, I'm happy, happy for it to stay that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, yeah, look, I'm enjoying it at the moment and we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, well, mate, uh, good luck, and thank you for reaching out after the Chris Kelly. Uh, actually, just the, the thing that I wanted to, it, uh, it's tough out there, but it's worth noting that it's not unique to the brewing industry. Um, yeah, so uh, we, we covered that off and uh, a few other things besides. So, Nick Leach, thank you very much for, uh, thank you for being a listener, first of all, and uh, secondly, thank you for being a, uh, a guest on Beer as a Conversation and uh, talking to us uh, about hospitality. We'll put a link to your website um, if anyone is interested in either finding a job, um, and I know, I won't name check anybody, but I know that there are some people out there who are, um, but also some employers who are looking uh, to, to the services as well. And um, hopefully we can catch up so I can give you one of our uh, 
very, very, very cool mugs. We, we have some on the, on, on the shelf, so uh, be sure to uh, give you one of those. But Nick Leach, thank you for uh, this conversation about jobs in the brewing industry. No worries, Matt. Thanks for the chat. And that was Nick Leach. And if you are looking to enter the industry or you're looking to recruit staff, you can have a look at Nick's page, Brew Staff, by clicking the link in the show notes. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner, and they are also our partner in beer conversations just like this one.